Hi, everyone. This is Jim Lucy and Ellie Coggins from Electrical Wholesaling Magazine. We welcome you to our latest EW Executive Insights podcast. Today, we'll be joined by Remy Ducrow from Kaiklo, a provider of online storefront and e-commerce solutions for distributors of electrical and automation supplies. We know that a lot of distributors are looking to improve the online shopping experience that they provide customers, and Remy's company has a very interesting take on this important element of any distribution business. Remy is an electrical industry veteran who has spent the last few years with Kite Glow developing a unique online business solution for distributors. We had such a great conversation with him that we divided it into two parts, and this podcast is part one. Remy, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your background in the electrical market? Thank you. Thank you, Jim, for uh, having me today. It's really a great pleasure to join you on this podcast. Um, so as you said, I did spend a fair amount of time in the electrical space, knowing that I actually, actually grew up in a town where Schneider Electric has their R&D center in France. Mm-hmm. My father used to work in the industry, so I essentially was raised among the industry. Ah. And as I started my career as an engineer, I started working for Schneider Electric as well, which I did for five years. Mm-hmm. between France, uh, Southeast Asia, and then started Kiklo, which effectively is focusing on helping that industry digitize, which I you know, also did from Asia and now in primarily the U.S. market. Great. How, um, how have you seen uh, you, in your time with Kiklo? It's been quite a year for everyone in the electrical market with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, globally. Uh, how, how is, uh, would you say it's accelerated the momentum at all in what you've seen for distributors or with their online storefronts and manufacturers and their use of uh, online uh, data? So, so, so it definitely has accelerated the market maturity by, you know, we would say at least five years, right? Mm-hmm. The reason wow. being that even though people say, it's, well, we are a relationship-based business, I mean, most distributors, their sales force has not been able to see a customer face-to-face in the past 12 months, right? So seeing this happening, people were forced into adopting t- digital technology a lot faster, right? Whether even simple tools such as Zoom or getting on you know, video conferences and having webcams, mm-hmm. all of that made people just more comfortable with the fact that, well, technology can be an enabler as well of what they usually want to do. Mm-hmm. So in that context, you know, when COVID happened, our existing customer base who had web stores we have seen their you know, traffic and transaction volume actually double over the course of six months. Wow. Uh, we have seen that those distributors were putting a lot more effort and energy in having this as a core business priority rather than a you know, side marketing initiative. Mm-hmm. So I would really say that you know, the market is really accelerating the adoption. Mm-hmm. The people who were ahead of the game have taken even bigger edge. And I think now many folks are trying to you know, kind of play catch up with where the market is going. But there's no more question on, should I do e-commerce? It's more a question of how to do it right and with whom and what is the intent. Yeah. Well, from your uh, company's perspective, why don't you define uh, doing business digitally or e-commerce for us? A lot of us think, oh, you have to go onto a distributor's online storefront, press a button, press, put it in a shopping cart and buy it. Are there different ways that you enable them to conduct business electronically? And I know we're speaking to a kind of a dual audience of distributors and manufacturers as well on how they conduct, but I just want to get for your, uh, from your definitions and how you're the opportunities that you see in the market. Of course. So, so I will speak about, you know, manufacturers and distributors. And I mean, ultimately it's about how manufacturers work hand in hand with their channels, but Mm-hmm. Ultimately, what we are all solving for is what do the buyers want and need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have different 
type of buyers, right? You will have industrial buyers who would be OEMs and end users, factories, and then you would have the contractors. They have different purchase behaviors, right? If you think about an OEM, they would have recurring purchases, high volume. Every month they will reorder the same products and want to have an ease of order placements, right? They want to be able to access that information at hand, their order history at hand. Factories, you would have greenfield projects or MRO type of purchase, right? So do you want a simple part you need now? It's more about availability, checking it out on Google and placing an order. Well, for contractors, it's more about, you know, I'm on the job sites, I need to order something, I forgot yeah. some supplies and here yeah. I go on my smartphone, right? So it's really important to start from, you know, what is the need for the buyer and mm -hmm. whether people ultimately end up purchasing online or not, this is just the conversion end of a much bigger funnel. Mm -hmm. And what I believe is that today, many people in the industry overlook the importance of that omni-channel approach, which is really engineers are looking for critical products that need to fulfill specific applications. Mm -hmm. Choosing and you know, buying the wrong products can have severe consequences, such as a factory shutdown, someone getting hurt on a job site. And in that context, it's really important to make sure that that information is as easily accessible, digestible as possible. And then whether people end up buying there or not is not really the question, right? So even though some people might say, hey, we looked at e-commerce and everyone in the industry has those horror stories of distributors and manufacturers spending you know, millions of dollars on e-commerce initially is going nowhere. The hard reality is 90% of the purchases will somehow be, in, you know, I mean, today are started online, right? So if you're not there, you're definitely missing on opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are a service-oriented company, which, you know, is should be the core of your DNA as a manufacturer or distributor, you should give people the opportunity to do business with you in an easier way. Mm -hmm. And this is where digital commerce becomes a prerequisite. It doesn't mean that you will be the best in the game, but if you're not there, you're definitely going to be missing out on many opportunities. Yeah. I know you have uh, some, a lot of experience with uh, automation distributors, also full-line distributors. Do you have a feel for what percent of the uh, of distributors are conducting business in some way online? I know it's hard to get those statistics. I don't know, I just wonder from your real world so, experience, what, what would you say? So, you know, we, we were mad enough to go through every single website of, you know, 2,500 distributors. <laughs> and we are mad enough for going through every single manufacturer's web portal because we mm -hmm. are building and enhancing product content. So mm -hmm. out of anyone in the world, I think we are the only people who spend five <laughs> hours, you know, going through every single website and trying to understand mm -hmm. where the market is going and what's happening. What I would tell you is that distributors do have a fully functional web store, web commerce, right? In the sense of there is more than just an add to cut button. It's actually user-friendly. People can mm -hmm. find what they look for. The discovery of products is seamless. You can get there in a few clicks. Mm -hmm. I would say that this is less than 5% of wow. the electrical wholesale distribution. Mm -hmm. People who do have an e-commerce sites with some sort of add to cut functionality, it would be closer to you know, 15 to 20%, but mm -hmm. Really, if you look at the small and medium size folks, it's definitely you know less than 20%. If you go, the bigger the distributors, the more they have invested. Sure. But the more you also see some 
interesting things, which are, you know, I mean, you could take the top 15 uh, distributors in, you know, in the EW top, you know, distributors list for the top 200. Mm -hmm. And if you look at their web stores and you ask yourself as a consumer, is that a great experience? Mm -hmm. You know, some will be great, but most of them might not be as great mm -hmm. as you may hope, which shows that, you know, the industry still needs to do a lot of progress when it comes to really delivering the right experience for the buyers, which is helping everybody, right? Ultimately, if we want the electrical space to be robust, if we want it not to be disrupted by new entrants, whether you think of marketplaces, where you think of some native e-retailers who are what we call, you know, di digital heavy and physically light, uh, we need the existing stakeholders to step up their games. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned about delivering the right experience for customers. And I, I think a lot of distributors, at least when I've talked with them, you know, they, they know what to put on an online storefront. They know it's going to involve their IT department, that that'll, that'll help a certain portion of uh, delivering that experience. Who else in the company at a distributor, is, before they maybe embark on either building a new online storefront or really making it, as you say, a fully functioning website, who else should they bring into the meetings that they that'll have to be trained that are going to be very much a part of delivering this customer experience? So for any organization that has successfully driven e-commerce, uh, they have made that part of the sales initiative. Um, if e-commerce is a side gig for marketing, you will never maximize the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be purpose built to drive sales and driving adoption, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at any small, medium-sized distributor across the US, most of them will make 80% of their sales with 100 to 200 customer accounts. Ah, okay. So really the profile of wholesale distribution is to be mm -hmm. farmers and the highest growth opportunities, how do you sell more into those accounts? Mm -hmm. And this is where e-commerce play a role that most people overlook when they say, oh, we'll just put on a web store out there so that we can be indexed on Google and have new leads coming through the door. Mm -hmm. Well, that's obviously a good, important upside, which you should never overlook. But the truth is you have existing buyers and they might just buy one product from you while they actually buy from many other people. So mm -hmm. how do you sell more into those? How do you use that e-commerce tool as a recommendation engine becomes important and I know I sidetracked from the, from the initial question. So mm -hmm. to answer again, who should be involved, you should definitely have the VP of sales without having the sales organization buying mm -hmm. your e-commerce solution will never you know, bear the fruits it could bear. Mm -hmm. um, you will also want your marketing people to be there as well because ultimately it will be a tool for inbound but also outbound marketing. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, uh, your inside sales, customer-facing, customer support people will want to be involved because, you know, this e-commerce platform is ultimately an expansion of your team, mm -hmm. right? It will be here 24-7. It will work on Saturdays and Sundays. And, you know, it might help you adjust the service level you provide to each buyer, knowing that you have limited resources, right? So if you were to serve 3,000 customers with... 15 field sales and 10 inside sales, how could you do that effectively? Making sure that you're putting human VIP white gloves interaction in front of the most profitable customers mm -hmm. and you know, kind of offsetting the one-time buyers more towards a more automated approach, which is fine, right? You adjust your service level, 
to how much revenues you're making per customers. When you first are approached by a distributor or um, they or they approach you, who is often the person that you're initially speaking with? Is there kind of an ambassador that sort of gets online commerce and what their company should be doing? Or is it something you have to kind of train various people? Or sometimes I think, of, you know, knowing distributors, many of them, they may have a perhaps an older generation, maybe the owner's president, CEO's might not be that familiar. Eventually they're going to have to be sold on it, but who do you find, you know, who's the initial, your contact and well, how does that go as far as the, you know, I, I, sometimes, sometimes people say, what is the uh, deep end of the pool where people know a lot about it, the e-commerce? What's sure. the shallow end where they're just, they basically got to so, be convinced that they should be doing it. <laughs> so it, it's, we, we, the people we ultimately need to work with and who are making the decision are the owners, as you say. Mm -hmm. And here, what I would say is regardless of how, you know, I would say, you know, what age range people belong to, mm. it's often more a question of tech savviness, right? Some people, I mean, people who run electrical or automation distribution distributorship mm. are often engineers and they often, you know, are mm. interested in technology, but that doesn't necessarily mean software. Mm -hmm. So... What we have seen is that oftentimes the people who do adopt these with the most eagerness are definitely second generation owners, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or people who are more in that, you know, 20 plus to 40 plus age range mm -hmm. uh, who, you know, want to change how things are being done, mm -hmm. who are using technology natively, right? If you're a millennial, you had a smartphone in college. If you're younger than that, you had a smartphone since you were, you know, growing up, right? Yeah. As far as you can remember. So, mm -hmm. for you, it is more in intuitive uh, to use those kind of technologies. And what we see is that most people are interested, and usually, their lack of action is often a consequence of how scary it can be to step into the unknown, to you know, try to do those things and. You know, IT developers can be very expensive. Many companies are let down. So oftentimes having someone, you know, younger or millennial who is tech savvy, who has, you know, kind of been used to those type of technologies and behaviors will definitely be a strong champion. So these are usually people we have. And even some cases, we have some distributors who hire interns, right? They take a top marketing university, fresh graduate, and they have them. You know, come here to help operate some of the, you know, work on the web store. But those people won't be the ones educating, right? The one who will be educating will be more. Think of that field sales person who's, you know, after growing their territories. Think of that very, everyone has, you know, if you look at sales organization, you have, you know, salespeople who hit their targets like clockwork, but really they're doing things, it works, they don't want to change. Yeah. And you have the sales individuals who always want to find better ways of doing things, right? They will be the early adopters of your CRM system. They will be the early adopters of whatever that can help them overachieve the quota and keep pushing the envelope. Mm -hmm. And those people, when they take e-commerce under their belt, the outcomes are really actually fantastic to see. How about on the manufacturing side, you have that same range of size of company, sophistication. Do you see any different, any changes in the, the early adopters or ambassadors? So... In the manufacturers, we see that the obviously the more global the players are, the bigger they are, the more usually advanced they are. So we the, the gap you see in distributorship is actually even bigger and wider in the manufacturer spectrum. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you know, we are actually today, and, you know, we'll be happy to share you some of those outcomes. We are building an assessment report where we basically are assessing systematically every single manufacturer's web portal in the industry. Uh, and the idea here is to really set a foundation on what is best practice and what is not. Because every manufacturer is kind of trying to take their own approach to it, but no one really knows how do they compare to the other mar to the market. What is great product content? What is great discovery? How fast should be a loading speed of a page be? There's no real benchmark for this. So we are building this. And what was interesting going through that is that we see that there's actually a very wide range. Uh, you have some manufacturers that have very advanced e-commerce enabled features. We have manufacturers who really found a way to embed their channel partners in their omni-channel strategy, meaning when you select a product, how do you seamlessly go from a product page on the manufacturer website to the web page on the distributor e-commerce web store, right? While some other manufacturers just let, let, let you see, you know, product series pages, you cannot go down to the SKU level. They don't capture on the SEO there. The product content may not be there or it might be there. And last but not least, today, most manufacturers are thinking like, oh, I do not want to do e-commerce, which is a good point, but therefore they're not doing all the things that come before the actual transaction, right? E-commerce, what differentiates an e-catalog or an e-commerce like or web store or an online store? Ultimately, it's all a question of once you capture the lead and the person selects a product, what do you do with this? Mm -hmm. Do you let them buy directly from you? And then yes, your channel partners might feel threatened or do you, intelligently, you know, transfer that lead over your channel partners in a way that, you know, will make it easy for them to convert. And this is really just about the checkout functionality. And what we saw is that many manufacturers did not invest because they thought, well, what's the intent if we don't do commerce, right? But today, what we see is that you can actually do a lot more and help drive growth online without having to compete or cannibalize your channel partners. Is it any kind of a special challenge in the electrical uh, for electrical distributors? The traditional full line electrical contractors could count uh, easily account for 40, 50 percent of the business. A any spe special things you're finding that electrical contractors are looking for in uh, e-commerce or their shopping experience? You mentioned before a lot of it, it can be a mobile, it might be a mobile approach from the job site or any other things that distributors should be thinking about in that realm. So we, we spend a lot of time speaking with distributors and always, you know, trying to see how can they sell more, right? In the industrial space, this is saturation opportunities based on applications, right? In a factory, there's only so many type of applications and you know what the product basket mix should be. So, you know, industrial customers will look for performance improvements. They will look for, you know, making sure that they are safe and can be, you know, ongoing for years without shutdown. Contractors, their highest cost is labor, right? What they want to do is get on with that job and move on to the next one. And they want to do it fast. They want to do it with what is just compliant with the, the specs. Mm -hmm. So things happen on the job site and this is why they will want to be able to, you know, when they're on the job site, actually transact easily in mobile mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, go and pick up and don't have to run around, figure out whether who has the product available. Mm -hmm. Now, contractors also spent a lot of time 
making quotations and you know preparing the next project of of office hours in the sense of they go back from the job site at 7 6 p.m and this is when they are going to start their pillar material for the new project and they will most likely do this on some e-commerce stores mm -hmm. we and this is more you know based on what we see in the market but we estimate that roughly only 30 percent of contractors use estimation software so it's still a fairly you know offline paper-based uh, demography in the sense that they might not use or invest in technology to you know run the way they generate materials and in that context the distributor e-commerce footprint becomes you know very instrumental for them to have access to product documentation and so on and so forth so that you know would be a no also another very important use case for contractors they might not buy online because you always have that negotiation and it's a project mm -hmm. but really they will still want to know what you have in stock know that the products are available find the documentation and you know get better and faster at making their own quotes and you know closing jobs on the sites faster how about you mentioned a little bit earlier but with the industrial customers say the mro type of customer is one of their primary purchasing needs uh, they lines down they have to have it in stock they need it right away and does that uh, require any different approach in an online storefront so the when it comes to mro the key is that you will not always have just the top sellers being looked for, right? This might be a legacy product that has been here for years. So yeah. what that means is that the distributors need to make sure that the product content that they have or the assortment that they have on the web store is not limited to their top sellers. Mm -hmm. What we had seen is, you know, today, you know, most web stores in the market have less than 10,000 SKUs. Mm -hmm. Most distributors are allowed to sell more than 100,000. On average, the median Kiklo customer has 80,000 SKUs on the web store. Our biggest customer has closer to 400,000 SKUs on the web store. And if you want to capture the MRO opportunity, you want to be there. And unless you have the product page, when people look for that SKU number on Google, you won't be found. And this is a missed opportunity. How about, I, I know you've spent a lot of time in the automation end with the high tech type distributors. Uh, any special challenges or buying preferences for those that those uh, distributors should be aware of? So those, the, the automation distributors, yeah. what we have found is that, and one interesting thing that goes beyond commerce per se is that, you know, when you do e-commerce, one thing you do first is rationalize your pricing, mm -hmm. right? Effectively, you are going yeah. to expose what you have in your ERP system mm -hmm. onto a storefront. And if your ERP system is a mess, what's going to be in your storefront <laughs> will be a mess. And if you want people to be able to transact, you will want them to be able to check their customer-specific price. Mm -hmm. And for the automation distributors who have different you know, customer segments and you know, all those special pricing agreements with OEM and so on, we see that this has been the major point of focus where we you know ended up ourselves actually building strong competencies to help distributors rationalize the pricing so that we could bridge the gap between their ERP legacy pricing and something that would be functional for their buyers to actually you know adopt the tool at the end of the day. So yeah that's that's one point that I think is fairly interesting and important to take in consideration. 
Thanks for listening to part one of our EW Executive Insights podcast with Remy Ducrow of Kyclo. In part two, we'll be chatting with Remy about maximizing mobile access to your online storefront and how the differences in how your electrical contractor and industrial customers shop online. Part two of the discussion with Remy will be posted shortly. Until then, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling, and Ellie Coggins, the magazine's associate, signing off. Thanks for listening and have a great day.